Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who is not as lightning quick as Matt Coleman is of Texas, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I want to point out, I am, I am, I am quite the speedster, uh, whether it's on the court or off the court. Um, could definitely beat either of you two in a, a little, you know, forty-yard dash. Uh, that wouldn't even be a close competition. Um, but of course, another member of our podcast is Ben O'Brien. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing well. I mean, I'm doing as well as I can be for for somebody who is a fan of our beloved Bowling Green Falcons. And yet another year has gone by where they're not in the tournament, 53 years yep. in a row. But who's counting? Who's counting? <laughs> um, oh, man. But, of course, I mean, it's Selection Sunday. You can't be too upset, even without the Bowling Green Falcons in there. Um, I, I view today as kind of like a national holiday. So um, I'm doing pretty pretty well. I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad we have a bracket. It's been a long time coming. Um, yep. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been two years, you know? We, we didn't yeah. get this last year, so I know I'm excited. For me, I told Brandon, like, Christmas morning is, is a great thing, and you can compare that to this, but I think this might be better than Christmas morning. Christmas morning. I don't know, Ben. Is that a hot take? No, I, it's, it's the same type of feeling where, like, I wake up on Christmas morning and, and today on Selection Sunday, and, like, you just, whatever for whatever reason, I just feel excited. You have that feeling in your stomach where, like, you're just excited. You're just happy. It's hard to be in a bad mood. Um, on Selection Sunday, I think there's there's collectively a lot of excitement because you know for a magnitude of reasons it's it's basketball you know we all love basketball then additionally there's a game out of it you know we pick our brackets it's a fun thing to do with friends with family you get competitive about it you can root for teams if your team's in there so I think collectively it's it's an exciting day as a whole. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, as we get into it here, the way we're going to kind of structure this episode is it's going to be completely a college basketball episode. You know, it's not going to be a normal episode. It's going to be, you know, we just got the bracket. So we're here to give uh, you guys our full reactions. Um, A lot happened this past week, and I'm so excited. So we're just going to get straight into the first region here. Now, the first region is the West region, where Gonzaga is the number one overall seed. And I think Gonzaga got a pretty decent draw here. Um, obviously, you know, they finished the season 26-0. Um, they had that win over BYU in the WCC championship game where BYU really challenged them. And, you know, I'll talk about BYU a little bit later when we get to their region. Um, but Gonzaga, the fact that they, you know, finishing this undefeated season, um, they beat a BYU team who was red hot on fire from three. They still come back. They beat them to, to keep their undefeated season alive. And now... Um, you know, they have a shot to become the first undefeated team since I believe like, uh, I think it was like the fifties or sixties. I think someone on, uh, one of the broadcasts said Maryland might've been, no, no, it was, it was 70, it's Indiana or Indiana. Yeah. Oh my bad. Isaiah Thomas. Not very close. Isaiah Thomas, Indiana. Isaiah Thomas, Indiana. Okay. So it's been a long time, obviously. 75 or something. Gotcha. Somewhere on there. Gotcha. So it's been a long time, obviously the last, the only time in our lifetime where it really, you know, I thought that we were going to have it was with the Kentucky team in 2015. Mm-hmm. And they obviously lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin in 2015. Um, and I think this Gonzaga team is probably the best team we've seen since. Obviously, you know, that Villanova team that beat Michigan in the championship game was very good. I thought that team was one of the best teams I've ever seen. But I think this Gonzaga team's probably a little bit better than that Villanova team and maybe as good as that this Kentucky team. They're pretty close. So 
their draw here, I think it's pretty good. Like I said, you know, you have uh, eight seed, nine seed matchup with Oklahoma and Missouri. I do like Oklahoma. You know, they've beaten my West Virginia Mountaineers twice. Uh, they have Austin Reeves. Um, you know, they have Brady Manick. So definitely uh, could be a tough out there. But outside of that, you look at the four five seed. Uh, you got Virginia as the four seed. Creighton is the five seed. I'm not super confident in either of those teams. Um, you know, as we get into it, Virginia... Uh, one of these teams who, you know, was ruled out of the ACC tournament, their game got canceled because they had a player um, who tested positive for COVID. Another team in the same region uh, who had the same thing happen was Kansas. You know, so, Ben, I'm going to go to you first here. As you look at this draw for Gonzaga, who do you think is the biggest challenge they have to get to the Final Four? Yeah, and first thing I'll say before I, I get to that, and I, I told Trevor, I told you this before we started recording, this is probably my favorite region, and I'm not saying it's necessarily the best region. Um, it's just, in my opinion, it's, it's my favorite region because I, there's a lot of interesting teams here, and obviously Gonzaga is the best team in the country, they're the best team in this whole tournament, but there are a lot of different things that can happen um, in this region, and I do, I do think even as early as, for Gonzaga, as early as the second round with Oklahoma, that's not a super easy matchup. I, I mean, I wouldn't say that's a walk in the park. I'm, by no means do I think. Oklahoma necessarily is going to win that game because, again, at this point, it's hard to see anybody being, beating Gonzaga really until probably the, the Elite Eight or the Final Four. But I do think Oklahoma is a really good eight seed, and I do think that's going to be a tough matchup for Gonzaga. Um, and even if, if you're looking at the two seed in Iowa in that region, um, Iowa's an interesting team because I, I feel like at the beginning of the year, they, they were, there was a lot of hype around them. There was a lot of excitement about this Iowa team. Um, and I just I've, I've slowly kind of lost intrigue in them I, i'm not saying they're a bad team they obviously have the best player in the country in luca garza um but i i don't think iowa is necessarily um good enough to beat a team like gonzaga just because again gonzaga is so good um and i just haven't seen enough from iowa coming down the stretch um but Ka i mean kansas kansas is still kansas right and i've talked about this we've talked about this on this podcast before even with the ups and downs that they've had this year um and even with them pulling out of of their conference tournament in the big 12 I, I do think Kansas can beat Gonzaga if they're fully healthy. I mean, we've seen them play earlier this year. We saw them play in November. Um, and Gonzaga won that game by, what, 10 points or something like that. Um, but I do think Kansas is probably the biggest threat to Gonzaga in this region. Just, again, for the fact that the two-seed Iowa, Iowa, I just can't see that happening. So I, I will say, in a long way of answering your, your question, Trevor, I do think that Kansas is probably the biggest threat to Gonzaga. And, I'm, again, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying – it is definitely a possibility because, again, Kansas is still Kansas. They're a great team, um, and they definitely have what it takes to beat the juggernaut of Gonzaga. Yeah, and, you know, it's a really strange year, obviously, with, with everything happening. Uh, we don't know exactly how this whole situation is going to affect Virginia or Kansas uh, with one of their players each testing positive in the last week. We don't know who the players are. We have no idea. So it could be like a starter for Virginia potentially. And if that's the case, then it's going to make it tough for them even to get out of the, the first matchup against OU. And that's where I want to kind of transition into uh, the first upset that I'm at least kind of eyeing. I'm looking at like eh, maybe OU can pull it out obviously from the MAC conference and you know with with Ohio University they really had a great run in the MAC tournament uh the last you know three or four days where they go and they destroy Kent State um I was actually at work when this game was going on I was on my lunch break and I had a chance to watch a decent or at least like almost half of the game and they were just shooting so well Kent State they were without Danny Pippen so it made it tougher but 
just the fact that it was never even close because Ohio was shooting so well. They were clicking. Uh, they played so well as just a basketball team in general. Obviously, Jeff Bowles as their coach. And, and then the next two games as well against Toledo, um, they, they beat them, and then they go and they beat Buffalo. And the Buffalo game is another one that really wasn't all that close either. They had a big lead, uh, you know, at the end of the first half. Buffalo really couldn't make a shot, you know. They, they were struggling to hit anything, and OU really took advantage of that. Jason Preston, you know, he I've already I've always thought he was such a good player just watching him in these games against BG over the years. Um, and, you know, just seeing like, you know, how much focus defenses really have to have on him because he can do so many different things. I mean, he averages, I think, about 16 points, six rebounds, six assists, something along those lines. So he's, you know, very versatile player. He's a good passer. He can rebound it because he's pretty tall. And then he's also a decent shooter. So he can do a lot of different things. I think that's going to give Virginia some trouble. Um, now, it'll be interesting to see how Virginia, you know, they like to slow down the pace. So I think that's an interesting one. Um, Brandon, what, what do you think about, um, you know, OU? What, what are some things that you like about this Ohio Bobcats team, maybe in some of the matchups you've seen them play against BG in the past couple of years? Yeah, I, I think OU collectively has a lot of good guys that can score. Preston, of course, is the main notable one, and I think just his story collectively is so neat to hear. Of course, big shout-out to podcast alum Noah Bears, and he texted me first thing uh, today about the OU Bobcats winning uh, right after they won. And, you know, I, I think people discredit the MAC a little bit. There, there's some good teams in the MAC, and they, they played Illinois and lost by two. So I, I can see exactly what you're seeing, Trevor, especially with Virginia and, but I guess, Virginia having the issues that they're having with COVID. You know, OU could definitely pull out an upset here. I, I, I would not, you know, shy past it at all. Yeah, and you know, as a matter of fact, I think I'm gonna just say it right now. I'm gonna pick OU to beat Virginia. Um, I think they, I think they have the capabilities to do it. I think with Jason Preston, um, I, I think you know, yes, Virginia defense is very good. We know with uh, you know Coach Tony Bennett, you know they're very solid, even when they don't have quite as much talent. Um, but I, I think Ohio is gonna give them a lot of trouble, and I think they'll be able to get a victory out of there. Uh, ben, what, what about you? What are some of your thoughts about OU, and then also, you know. Obviously, we, we have this run with uh, BG as well, this kind of this three-year window we've had where, unfortunately, you know, we weren't able to make it to an NCAA tournament like we hoped. So I, I wanted to get some of your thoughts on uh, those two things. Yeah, so I'll, I'll say this, and they kind of tie together because a team like OU, you have to get hot at the right time, right? You're coming from the MAC, and we all know the MAC's a one-bid league 99% of the time, okay? So you have to win the conference tournament in the Mid-American Conference if you want to make NCAA tournament mm -hmm. um, and oh you got hot at the right time and that's it's just for our Bowling Green Falcons in this window that we had we had some good teams we had some great regular season teams throughout our time at Bowling Green but we they just never could put it all together and I will say you know two years ago in 2019 they got to the championship game and a lot of times luck just plays into it they got unlucky they ran into a Buffalo mm -hmm. team that was nationally ranked a lot of the year um, they just ran into a better team this OU team they were fortunate the MAC really didn't have any dominant teams this year like we've seen Buffalo in the past and they got hot at the right time. So it kind of just all came into place. And I agree with you, Trevor. I, and, again, I, I'm not, I don't want to commit to anything yet because I, I think it's going to take me probably a day to look at this bracket before I really want to um, fill it out because I, I want to win this challenge that we're doing. And I, and I plan on beating both of you in our, in our bracket challenge. So shout out to anybody listening. If you want to join our bracket challenge, we welcome you. It's totally free. We want as Lincoln, many people as we can. Link is in the description. Yes, the link, link will in be in the, in the uh, description. We've tweeted it out uh, a couple times. Please, please, please join us. It, it's a lot of fun. And, again, it's totally free. It's just for fun. 
Um, and that way I can beat you too. Whoever's listening, I can beat you too. Um, but but going back to that that OU Virginia game, I don't want to commit to anything, but I do think OU has a good chance because they have everything that you need to have a big time upset like this uh, in the NCAA tournament. And a 13 over four, I would consider that to be a pretty big time upset, especially with a team like Virginia, who is technically still the national or the uh, reigning national champions. Because OU, like you said, they have Preston, they have a stud player that you need, and they got hot at the right time, and they're playing a Virginia team that's kind of hobbling in to the NCAA tournament. Um, Again, because they have these COVID issues, we don't know who on Virginia um, is necessarily going to be out, but it has been confirmed that it's somebody that played in their most recent game. So it's somebody that was good enough, obviously, to play in an ACC tournament game. So it's probably not a walk-on. So Virginia is going going to be missing a significant piece of their lineup, and they're playing a really hot OU team. So... Um, I'm excited for that game. Again, I don't want to commit to anything, but when I saw that matchup, the first thing I thought of was OU's hot at the right time. Virginia's hobbling in. It's definitely an a, uh, upset that, that you could see happening um, in the first round. Yeah, and, and just a couple quick more thoughts on this region. Um, U, UCSB, a team I haven't gotten a ton of opportunities to watch. You know, they play late. Uh, you know, I'm... I'm you know, I go to bed a little early, so unfortunately I don't get to watch a lot of Cal Saint Bar- uh, Santa Barbara, but they are playing Creighton, and I'm I'm not uh, impressed by this Creighton team at all. I totally think I that agree. Santa Barbara might be able to pull out an upset, potentially get a 12-13 in the second round. I'm just saying it could happen. Uh, we also have a good game with a 7-10 Oregon VCU. I'm not sure who's going to win that. Seems like a pick to me, but very fun one there as well. Um, now, you know, with with upsets in general, I, I have a trivia question for you guys. Um, okay. You know, what what, what do you guys think? And I, I want you both to guess. I want to see who can get closer. Um, I, I was really curious about this, so I looked this up. I wanted to see what is the average amount of first-round upsets in the NCAA tournament. So this is in the last uh, 35 years um, since they started, uh, you know, like kind of more tracking this stuff. Or, or actually since they expanded to the 64 teams. So what do you guys think is the average number of first-round upsets? Brandon, I'll start with you. What, what, you. what do you think? So is this a percentage? So it's number. So think about, right, there's 32 first-round games. How, okay. And, and also, I should clarify that by upset, I'm specifically saying double-digit seeds. So seeds 10 through 16 – um, how many first-round upsets, on average, do you think there are? So the answer is a number of games out of the 32 first-round games. Well, it's like a, it's not a specific, it's a, like it's a decimal, but yeah, yeah it's a number. it's an average. I got you. Okay. So ahead, it'd Brandon. be, it'd be 28 games then, right? Th- 28. Thir- 32. To- oh, yeah, you're saying. Well, this is the 8 versus 9. Correct, yeah, yeah. correct. So it'd be a 28 over how okay. many years? Oh, I'm doing the math on this one. 28 <laughs> over how many years? It's just an average, but it's in the last 35 years. That doesn't really matter, okay. though. It's, it's an it's average. It's 980 games, so I no, will say. It's, it's an average, Brandon. It's an average. Okay. It's average per year, go- Brandon. So on the average year, the how answer, many? The answer is less than 10. That's for sure. Okay. All right, I I want to point out I did very specific math, okay. Very specific specific math. I will guess four. Okay. Four games. Okay, but Ben, what do you think? I had okay. full calculations on that. I I, I can explain <laughs> so on after. average, Brandon thinks four out of twenty eight times per year a double on digit average. C wins. I will say I'm gonna go a little bit higher than Brandon. Um, I really again I I haven't really thought this through. I did no math on this, but I'm just, I have a hunch. I'll go. Out of the 28 games, I will go 
Actually, I'm changing my answer to five. I'm, I'm going seven point three. Seven point three out of out of. 20. Oh, okay, for being exact, I'm, mine's five point two five. Oh my. Five point two five. Okay, okay. Um, so on average, there are six point one first round upsets uh, in the last thirty five years, um, and that's including that's again just like I said, ten through sixteen seeds, and um, in the entire tourney. It is 12.7 if you use the classification of it being two or greater seed lines. So, like, if a, okay. if a six seed beats a three, that's considered an upset. Five seed being a four isn't. So, on average, 12.7 entire tourney, uh, 6.1 for first-round upsets. And also, like, in 2019, two years ago, we had eight first-round upsets. So, just using that as a clarifier, I, I try to look at some of these different things when I'm picking my bracket. And that also kind of leads me to – I was trying to think – because we we saw two bid stealers. We we had Georgetown, Oregon State this year. We've seen more upsets in the conference tournaments than we usually see. So I'm wondering, like, hey, is this going to translate to the NCAA tournament? Are we going to see more upsets than usual? Um, and I think the thought I've, I've come down to is that I, I don't really know if it'll necessarily uh, be more upsets. I, I think there's a potential for that. Um, but ultimately, I, I just think it depends on, on the matchup. So, you know, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, um, I'm, I'm probably still picking a number one or a number two seed to win the title because historically uh, that works out well. So let's, let's get right to the next region. We're going to go over to the east region where uh, Brandon's Michigan Wolverines are the one seed. Now, unfortunately, um, Isaiah Livers, um, one of their best players, obviously a very experienced player for the Wolverines, is injured. He will be out for the tournament. Big loss for Michigan. However, I still think they definitely have a shot. You know, this has hindered their chances a little bit, but still a very good team all year. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, Mi Michigan's path, what they can do. But to me, the biggest storyline here um, it's kind of a trend with all th four of these regions is just that like the eight seeds, I think, in this bracket, and Ben, you mentioned this, are very good. Uh, LSU, the eight seed in this region, uh, we mentioned in the last one, Oklahoma, we'll get to the other two eight seeds, but I think the eight seeds overall are very strong. Um, I just watched LSU today against Alabama, and they should have beaten Alabama. They had a couple layup opportunities when they were down one on the last possession, and they just couldn't convert a layup uh, to win it. But LSU, a very strong team, and they're an eight seed, so I think that's dangerous for Michigan. And also St. Bonaventure, a team I really like. I know Ben maybe not doesn't feel quite as strongly about that. Um, so, Ben, what are some of your early thoughts uh, regarding this region? Anything that stands out to you? Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you my, my first thought was, and Trevor, it, it kind of leads into what you were just talking about, is that I think LSU has a really good chance of making the Sweet 16. And what that would mean, obviously, is that they would have to go through Brandon's Michigan Wolverines. Um, and I definitely can see that happening for all the reasons you just said, Trevor. They, they looked very impressive in the SEC tournament, specifically today, um, against Alabama. Like you said, they probably should have won that game. Um, and the, I think they're better than an eight seed. I really think... Uh, that this the seed line them being a number eight seed is a little bit deceiving because I really do think they're better than an eight seed, um, and I will not be su surprised one bit if they have if they are are in the uh, Sweet Sixteen beating St Bonaventure and then beating Michigan. Uh, so that was my first thought. First thought right off the bat with that region. My second thought was Colorado and Georgetown. That's a very interesting matchup um, because Colorado is a really good team. We know this. Uh, they're a really 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 good Pac-12 team. They have McKinley Wright on their team who. Not a big fan of. He was supposed to go to Dayton. He decommitted. It's whatever. It worked out <laughs> fine. He, he's obviously a good player. Um, but Georgetown is really hot right now. They looked awesome in the Big East tournament this past week. Um, Georgetown is is 
it is a really interesting story. And again, I I don't know right off the bat. I don't know if there's a clear cut, you know, easy chalk answer for for this game because I really do think you can make an argument for either team. Obviously, Colorado is the better team, but Georgetown might be the better team at the moment. Um, so I do think that's an awesome 12-5 matchup. And as you know, I mean, every year 12-5 is is I think it's uh, statistically the most common upset. I don't know that or 11-6, but 12-5 is always a good game. Um, you usually see at least one 12 team 12 seed team win so uh, I really do think Georgetown has a decent chance of winning that game so um, that that was just another thought I have and then obviously the last thought I feel like you got it you got to mention this Rick Pitino's back in the uh, in the NCAA tournament Trevor I know mm-hmm. you texted that to us yesterday shout out to Rick Pitino and uh, in Iona obviously they were like the they were like the eight or the nine seed in their conference tournament Rick Pitino got it done uh, he proved that he's an amazing college basketball coach hall of famer so shout out to Rick Pitino for being back in the NCAA tournament it's cool to see him in there yeah, and also I think Iona was on like a COVID pause for like a month or so, maybe even yeah, longer. They played like they, they played like less than fifteen games all year. Yeah, they were the nine seed in their their conference too, and the way that their conference did the rankings was by the, just the number of wins, not by percentage. So like they were like the clear favorite to win the conference, but they were the nine seed uh, based on how they decided to do the the ranking system, which is quite weird. Yeah, that's definitely odd to me as well. So, Brandon, I want to give you a chance to talk about your Michigan Wolverines. Um, obviously, the liver's injury is tough, but what are you know just some of your thoughts about Michigan's draw and, and their chances here? Um, so I, I think they have the hardest reason. I, I really do. And I think not only is it just because of the teams, but I think it's because of their situation right now. Obviously not at their highest point in terms of basketball play. Livers is a huge, huge deal. I would argue he's the best player on the team. Obviously, Dickinson's been amazing this year. Um, I think he'll probably be on an All-American team. I mean, he's up there. It's probably not the first team, maybe even not the second team, but he's up there. Um, And he's played fabulous in, you know, the big man offense that they're running. But Livers is a really, really big deal. Someone has to take up his scoring responsibilities, and I don't know if they have the ability to do that. They have a lot of good players on their bench, but people really got to step up for them to play. You know, it's got to be well above expectations. They got to go through teams like LSU, Colorado, Florida State. You know, teams like Texas and Alabama are big threats. You know, Alabama is is a very, very good team, coached by Nate Oates, of course, Buffalo's past coach. You know, we have Texas, which Trevor, I know you've raved about Texas on this podcast. So I I think they have a hard route. And you know, if I was a betting man, which I am not, but if I was, I don't know if I'm picking Michigan to win this region. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I really like like some of these potential matchups we got. Uh, like a potential second-round matchup we could get is Alabama-UConn, which I really like just from uh, you know Alabama. They have Javon Quinterly, the transfer from Villanova. He's a very exciting player. And then UConn has a player by the name of James Booknight. He's a sophomore who has really just like come out of nowhere and become this uh, you know solid draft prospect who I actually mm-hmm. really got the opportunity to watch for the first time, you know, not pretty recently. Um, just two fun players. I think that could be a good matchup. And then Texas has been really good. And BYU, you know, kind of at least brought Gonzaga, not to the wire, but they uh, had them for a little while there. So I think, you know, some really solid teams. I think, again, St. Bonaventure, LSU, really good. Um, as far as upsets, I don't really know if I see any, to be honest with you. Like, I like Drake. I'm glad they got in. Uh, Wichita State as well. They're in that playing game to face BYU, but I think BYU is too solid. I guess the only one I would say, I know people have been talking about the Georgetown one. It could happen, but I guess if I was to pick one, it would be Greensboro over Florida State. 
simply because I, you know, I think those teams in the SoCon the past few years have been pretty solid. Uh, I think they still have a couple players from that good Greensboro team a couple years ago, uh, some really good shooters. Um, and Florida State hasn't really impressed me lately. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know. There's just something about Florida State, you know, in their game against Georgia Tech. I wasn't all that impressed. So I think that's uh, biggest upset potential, you know, uh, from wh where I'm seeing it. Ben, what about you? Do you see any, uh, what would be your upset candidate here out of any of these games? Yeah, and I, I kind of mentioned it, but really the only upset I can see happen is, is Georgetown over Colorado. Um, and again, again, I just, I think the, 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 the higher seeds, the better teams are just, I just don't see a lot of them losing. I really, I don't see Alabama losing. I don't see Texas losing. BYU looked great in the uh, West Coast Conference tournament game. Um, I again, I LSU I think is better than St. Bonaventure, which again eight nine not a huge upset. So I really do think Georgetown over Colorado is probably that region's best chance at a big upset. And again, for all the reasons I said, Georgetown's hot at the right reason. They're led by an awesome um, player and obviously an awesome coach and Patrick Ewing. So I think Georgetown over Colorado is probably the only upset that I feel somewhat confident about saying. Yeah. So you know, we didn't really say who we thought was coming out of the West. I think it's a little obvious to be honest. I think it's going to be Gonzaga. Um, but I don't know. Uh, what about this region? Do you, Ben? What What do you think? Do you, if you had to pick, do you think you could pick a team to come out of this region, or maybe like a couple teams? I know you you think Texas is probably pretty good. Uh, you know, you talked about Alabama a little bit, but what do you think? Do you have one or two teams that you see coming out of this East region? So what I will say is that I don't think it'll be Michigan. I, I I've made that obviously clear. I think LSU, if they give if they're given the chance, I think they can beat Michigan. I just I can't see Michigan without Isaiah Livers coming out of this region. Um, by default, I guess that means Alabama is the next best team. But I do think Alabama has a good chance, right? They're led by NATO. It's like Brandon said, and I, they're a really good team. So I do think I'd probably have to be boring and take. If I'm not going to take the one seed, I guess I'll have to take the two seed and say um, Alabama is probably my favorite to come out of this region. Yeah, I I've just had a feeling about Texas all year. I I think they're the best team in this That's region fair. personally. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've just had a feeling. Brandon, do you have any uh, thoughts on that? Maybe any team that you think could come out of the region? Look, Texas right now is hot. Um, I'm taking Texas out of this region. I think Alabama and them are the two best teams at the moment in this region. Um, so I'll, I'll have to take Texas. All right. So, yeah, I mean, they, they have a really good roster. Obviously, Shaka Smart, oh, yeah. you know, he was on the hot seat last year. He's yeah, really first conference title in almost 30 years yeah, for Texas. for sure. So he's really turning around. It's good to see there. Uh, and then next we move on to the South region. Um, now, I think this one it definitely has some interesting games, I think, uh, potential upset candidates that I see here. Um, obviously, Baylor is the one seed in this region. Um, the first thing that stands out to me is that Villanova-Winthrop game. Villanova, obviously, they lost their point guard, Colin Gillespie, uh, with injury, which is really unfortunate for them. Um, obviously, you know, he, he won't be able to play in this tournament. And Winthrop has only lost one game all year. I believe they were 23-1 and one, or maybe 24-1. and one. Um, But either way, I think Winthrop definitely has a great chance of beating Villanova. Unfortunately, Villanova, without their point guard, uh, is probably the weakest five seed. Um, so just kind of tough for them. Another one that that I see is like North Texas. Watched them yesterday against Western Kentucky. I think they're really good too. Um, but Brandon, what do you think about this region? Do you like what are some of the things that stand out um, about this region to you? So this is another region that I, I I just don't absolutely love. I don't think this is super strong of a region. 
Um, and I really, really think it's Baylor's to lose. I, I like Ohio State. I think Ohio State's a really good competitive team. Um, but just there's something about them that really doesn't impress me. Obviously, they did well in this tournament. You know, they're, they're kind of on a hot streak. But I just don't see that competing with Baylor. If Baylor can get in form, kind of like it was, you know, beginning mid part of this season, it's their conf- or their region to lose. I, I don't really see Ohio State, Arkansas, um, Villanova, Purdue, those top seeds, really being much of a competition for Baylor. Yeah. And Ben, what about you? What are some of your thoughts about this? I, I think you might share my some of my Winthrop love there, but what are you thinking? Yeah, of course. I mean, again, I, I agree with what both of you guys said. I, I agree. I, I don't think this is a super strong region. I, Baylor's obviously a great team. Um, they've been, you know, a top three team pretty much all year. I, I agree with Brandon. I don't see a whole lot of uh, pushback from anybody else in this region other than, or I guess, to go against Baylor. I do think Baylor has a pretty, I don't want to say easy because it's never easy to win a region, but I do think they have a very favorable um, draw here. Uh, but I, I, again, Trevor, I have to go back to this 12-5 matchup in this region. I love those 12-5, those 12-5 uh, matchups, and I do think Winthrop has a great chance of beating Villanova. I love that matchup. Right when it came on the screen on the selection show, immediately I was like, oh, I can't wait to see that game because, again, Winthrop, we, it, we've seen in years past, Pat Kelsey, as much as I hate that he played at Xavier University, which I can't stand. He's from Cincinnati. Shout out to Pat Kelsey. He's a great basketball coach. He's had that Win, uh, Winthrop program. Really, uh, you know, in this conversation for their conference tournament championship every year for the last three or four years, um, and again, they're, they're going against a Villanova team that's kind of leaping into this this tournament. So I do like that 12-5 matchup with Winthrop possibly beating Villanova. Um, the rest of the region, again, I, Ohio State—they're good, but it's hard. I don't know what to think of Ohio State because they've been up and down this year. There's a lot of reasons for them, you know, to be confident in them coming out of this region, maybe even upsetting Baylor if they're given the chance. But at the same time. There's been a lot of times this year where I'm just I don't know what to think of Ohio State, um, and then obviously I mean Texas Tech, Texas Texas Tech. I don't again I don't really know what to think of them either because they're a six seed. I think they're obviously a pretty good six seed, but at the same time they're kind of been up and down this year too. And I get they've been in the Big Twelve, which is a great conference, but I don't know if really anybody in this region stacks up with what Baylor has to offer, like we've seen all year. So I, I think I have to agree with Brandon. I really don't see anybody other than Baylor coming out of this region if I had to pick right now. Yeah, I think the top half of this bracket is pretty weak overall. I mean, I don't love Purdue or Villanova um, necessarily. I think Baylor has a decent path to get to the Elite Eight where they could face a tough matchup. Obviously, Ohio State would be the team I'd favor. You know, I think they've been playing really well recently. I think like today against Illinois, watching that game, I, mm-hmm. I didn't really think it would be as close as it was simply because you look at like the Kofi Coburn uh, kind of the mismatch where we've talked about how Ohio State, yes, they're very good. They have, they're a very well-rounded team, but when you go up against the teams that have like some of these elite centers like Kofi Coburn, Hunter Dickinson, um, Luca Garza, it seems like Ohio State has a tougher time, but they did a really good job uh, managing that today. They got Kofi into some foul trouble. Uh, he picked up his fourth foul, I think, midway through the second half there. And, you know, if Dwayne Washington gets hot, um, I, I don't know. I think they can beat anyone. Now, the thing is that he, he's not always – sometimes he can have his games where he goes cold too. So it's kind of like, okay, is Dwayne Washington going to have one of those games where he's super efficient and he's scoring, you know, 25, 30 points? If that's the case, Ohio State can maybe beat anyone. If it's not the case, well, then, uh, you know, it, they might be in some trouble. So it's, it's tough there. Um, I know Kyle Young – 
uh, has missed a couple games recently. I don't know if that's necessarily hurting them a ton. They do have Seth Towns that I think came in and played a little bit, um, who hasn't played a lot this year. You know, I remember coming into preseason, I thought Seth Towns would probably be end up being the starter at some point. He's a Harvard transfer that, that played at Columbus Northland High School. Um, but it, it didn't really pan out that way. But now I think he has his opportunity to play some more. But I, nevertheless, I still do like the Ohio State team. Again, it's just tough to see the path to winning a championship with some of the, the matchups. A Baylor would be tough. Obviously, Mark Vital, what he did to Derek Culver in that Baylor-West Virginia game, uh, you know, was not was not good for Derek Culver. Mark Vital, very, he's just a very, like, strong player. I don't know uh, if Caleb Wesson would have a great game against him. And then uh, the last thing, I, I really love this Texas Tech-Utah State game. Uh, Nemias Keda from Utah State, their center, one of my favorite players in college basketball, the other day against Colorado State, he had a stat line of 18 points, 14 rebounds, and nine blocks. Nine blocks. So, you know, he's a player that I, uh, you know, really enjoy, and I'm happy Utah State got in. Ultimately, you know, they don't have a guy, a really solid guard, like a couple years ago when they had Sam Merrill, and I think that's going to make it tough against Texas Tech. So I, I would have Texas Tech winning that game. And I think Texas Tech could potentially give Ohio State a good run for their money if they get to the um, Elite Eight, that would be able, or the Sweet 16. So I think Texas Tech would be a good matchup there. But ultimately, I, I think it's going to be between Baylor and Ohio State. And I'm not, I'm not sure which one. I think it's really tough. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the, that's pretty much uh, my last thoughts on that region. Now we move to our final region, the region that I personally think might be the toughest. I think it's between... Uh, the East, Michigan's region, and the Midwest, which is, uh, you know, the region where Illinois is a one seed. So the Big Ten, they get two one seeds uh, this year. The Big Ten, obviously, as we have talked about at nauseum, very strong conference this year. Illinois is the one seed. And Illinois, I mean, they're playing their best basketball at the right time. You got Io DeSumo rocking the mask, you know, out there, you know, like LeBron when he was dropping 60-plus uh, on the Bobcats back in the early 2010s. He's playing. He's getting better, you know. He still didn't have the best game today, but obviously we know what he's capable of. Um, they have a freshman, Andre Corbello, who I really like. And then obviously, like I talked about with uh, Coburn, Kofi Coburn, their uh, center, who's very solid matchup nightmare. I think it's going to be tough for anyone in this region to beat, to beat Illinois, but I think there are two teams that have the potential to do it, and I think that's Oklahoma State, the four seed uh, with Cade Cunningham, and Tennessee, who's been really good. Uh, they have some really talented young guards um, and also some good front court players as well. So I think this region is really tough because I just look at it and I'm like, the top half is really solid, and I think the bottom half is pretty solid there with Houston two seed, West Virginia the three seed. Um, but Ben, what about you? What do you think about Illinois' draw here? Do you think you know they got a raw deal, you know, here with uh, some of these good teams? So I, I agree with you, Trevor. I think this is probably from top to bottom the toughest region in my opinion. Um, so I guess from that aspect, yeah, Illinois got a tough draw. But at the same time, Illinois is probably the hottest team in the country right now. I've been so impressed with Illinois watching them these last couple of days, watching them today against Ohio State. I've been so impressed with Illinois. They're an awesome basketball team. Um, and it's kind of interesting. I was mentioning this earlier today. Them and Iowa, it's kind of been interesting because at the beginning of the year, I felt like Iowa was the strong team. Illinois was kind of just, I feel like, kind of like the second fiddle in that in those between those two teams. And now I feel like it's kind of sw it's kind of flipped, where Illinois is the better team of those two, and Iowa to me is 
kind of just like that other team. Like they're just kind of like, eh, whatever. Um, Illinois is – they are playing their best basketball, like you said, at the right time. They are phenomenal. And, I mean, the rest of this region is, is just really, really good. Again, I've talked about Houston on this podcast before. I watched them today. Obviously, they played a Cincinnati team that's not great. Um, but Houston's a really, really, really good basketball team. And then, I mean, you got Oklahoma State, best player in the country, I guess other than Luka Garza, but probably the, the most fun player in the country to watch um, in Cade Cunningham at Oklahoma State. They got all the way to the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Trevor, your West Virginia Mountaineers are obviously a great team. They're battle-tested. They play in the Big 12, so they've, ha- they've had these really tough matchups in these situations um, that are going to prepare them for these tough games in the NCAA tournament. Um, and then you have Georgia Tech, who is an awesome nine seed. I mean, they won the ACC tournament, and they're a nine seed playing against a really, really, really good Loyola Chicago team. So I think from top to bottom, this region is so awesome. It's so fascinating. There's so many good games, not only in the first round, but so many great potential matchups throughout this region. I'm so excited to watch this region. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and you know, we were talking about how strong the eight seeds are. Again, I think Loyola Chicago, they're another strong eight seed yeah, um, here. I watched them a couple times against Drake. They, again, they just they just look really good from top to bottom. They have a lot of experience. Uh, Cameron Crutwig is still there from the team that made that Final Four run. Uh, you, know, you have some great guards. Um, so really well-rounded team uh, with Loyola Chicago, and I think it's fun that we could see a potential Illinois Loyola Chicago matchup there. Um, I, I'm hoping we get that. Although Georgia Tech, they have a player um, uh, Alvarado for. Uh, I'm gonna make sure I try to get that pronunciation correct, but he's a really feisty player for Georgia Tech who can create a lot of turnovers. Um, he just plays so hard, so I think they've been fun to watch recently. They could potentially spoil that matchup. Um, but as far as upsets now, I, I like Moorhead State, and I said I liked them after they beat Belmont, but they are playing my West Virginia Mountaineers. Ooh, that's tough, I Trevor. think it's going to be a tough one for Moorhead State, um, but they are fun. They could make the game interesting. I, I, I don't think it's going to be an easy one for West Virginia, to be honest with you. Um, with West Virginia, I don't think we've been playing our best basketball recently, um, but I do like how Taz Sherman in particular has been playing. Uh, you know, he gets a lot of good shots. He he kind of found, like, his mid-range game has been really, um, you know, kind of on point there. Miles McBride, he's... I, I wish he would be a little bit more consistent, but he is a sophomore. I, I do understand it. Just wish he would have a little bit more consistency. And then Derek Culver, we know what he is capable of as a double-double machine. Um, and then any other upsets? I know we've talked about Liberty a couple times on this podcast, but unfortunately, they have to play Oklahoma State. And Oklahoma yeah. State is, if they're not the hottest team in the country, um, I think Illinois might be the hottest team in the country, but Oklahoma State might be either second or third. They have been very good recently. Um, they beat Baylor on, I think, Friday night. So Oklahoma State's really solid. And it's not just Kate Cunningham. I mean, they have, they have some other guys um, that are really solid as well for Oklahoma State. So I, I would definitely look out for Oklahoma State. And I think that 1-4 matchup there between Illinois and Oklahoma State could be a really fun one. I think they were mentioning that on the broadcast, like Io and, and Kate Cunningham. So they've been uh, really fun to watch. And I think the, the only last thing that I would say about this region is just, you know, a shout out to Cleveland State. Obviously, you know, I think we all know some people, you know, maybe that went to Cleveland State or obviously, you know, Brandon and I are kind of, well, I, I shouldn't claim that I'm from the Cleveland area. Brandon's from the Cleveland area. I'm, you know, about an hour away from Cleveland, but just a good story um, in general. Brandon, what do you have any thoughts on, on Cleveland State making uh, the NCAA tournament? 
Yes, I, I want to shout out all my friends at Cleveland State that I interned with there in the athletic department. I've been many times in that facility. I've helped at their games, uh, and I love Cleveland State, especially the, the people there. Um, so I, I think it's such a great accomplishment for them to finally get back to the tournament, you know, back when, like, Norris Cole was there when they were really, really good. Um, but uh, talk a little bit about this region. i got to talk about Kate Cunningham. I'm not betting against Kate Cunningham in many of these games, and I really, really do hope we get to see the Iodesumo Cade Cunningham game, because that would be a really, really, really fun one to watch. Yeah, I think so too. And, and you know, with Cleveland State, they've had a lot of fun games they played in the Horizon. Oh, yeah. They went through that three-overtime game. Uh, Torrey Patton, uh, who's their best player, he's kind of dominated in a couple of these games. Uh, he's kind of impressed me. Um, although they, they do have a tough matchup against Houston here. It's going to be a tough one. Um, but, you know, just, just good to see them in the tournament. Um, so, so that's, those are all the regions. Um, we can go through if you guys want and do final four picks. I know Ben's probably not really ready. Um, or if either of you guys had any other thoughts, um, besides that, but I, you know, with my final four picks, I think I certainly have, I certainly have two that I know I'm picking to be in the final four, but the other two regions, I'm, I'm a little, a little, you know, not so sure about What, what are you guys thinking? I I would definitely say I'm, I I would definitely pick as of right now my preliminary looks I'm taking Baylor and Gonzaga in the final four for sure the other two regions are definitely more question marks I kind of like Texas out of the East um, and honestly I'm not sure about this last region the Midwest is tough to decipher you know potentially Illinois I'm not 100 percent sure I have to look more into it I, I'll say those three teams for sure those are three of my final four teams yeah and you know it, go ahead Ben I was just gonna say I think Gonzaga for sure for me. All right, it's hard. It's hard to see any team before the Final Four beating Gonzaga. And I've said that. I say that about a team every year. I said that about Duke like two years ago with Zion. Um, but at the moment, it's just hard for me to see Gonzaga not making the Final Four. They've been great all year. They've been the best team all year, and they're still the best team. Um, and I think the other lock, if I had to pick another lock, I don't think it'd be Baylor for me. I think it'd be Illinois. And I get it. They have to go through a tough reason. They have to go through maybe a West Virginia, maybe a Cade Cunningham in Oklahoma State. But I've been so impressed with Illinois this year. I, I think if I had to pick two teams, again, I don't want to pick all four because it's too early. I haven't thought about it enough. But if I had to pick two teams at the moment to make the Final Four, I think I'd go with Gonzaga and Illinois. Yeah. You know, I always try to find – I don't want to pick, like, you know, some of these guys on the broadcast, they come on, it's like, oh, what's your Final Four picks? And they have, like, three number one seeds in the Final Four. And that it's possible that that could happen. But, you know, most time, most years we get, like, a couple teams that are a little outside, teams that you don't expect. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to look through, and I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, what could be a surprise team that could actually make a legit Final Four run? Um, you know, so I think Gonzaga, like you guys said, I think Gonzaga is a lock. Um, I don't see any team beating them. I just don't. I think they have a good draw. I think they're making the Final Four. When I look at the East, I really like Texas. They're a three-seed. I think they're um, a strong out there. Um, BYU, though, could give them a matchup, a good matchup there. So BYU, I think, has a chance to make the Final Four as a six-seed. I think they're really good. That would be interesting if we got BYU-Gonzaga, two WCC teams uh, in the Final Four in a rematch. I think it's possible. But I'd pick Texas um, in the South. I I do really like Texas Tech, actually. So a six-seed, they could potentially make it. Um but I'd lean Baylor. And then in the last one, um, I think I think Oklahoma State could actually totally make the Final Four. I could see, yeah. So I guess Oklahoma State, if you, if you want to say that they're a team 
that maybe people weren't picking to be the in the Final Four. I think Oklahoma State could totally make it. Um, and maybe even San Diego State is a six seed. I like some of these six seeds. So those are some of the teams I'm looking at. Um, you know, I, I guess beyond that, it, it's hard to pick like a, a team that's really out there. Maybe an LSU as an eight seed. That would be another one. I don't know, Brandon, do you have any teams that jump out um, maybe that could come in as like a dark horse and somehow get to the Final Four? You know, obviously we've seen like Loyola Chicago as an 11 seed. Um, you know, we, we've seen some other teams that have made runs. Butler back in their early 2010s. Do you have any dark horses that might be able to make a run? You know, I'm going to I'm gonna say two. All right, one of them might be a little bit of a troll pick. But number my serious pick, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to potentially put LSU. I could see LSU making a pretty deep dive in. They just have a lot of good good talent on their team, like Javon Smart, who's really, really solid. So I, I, I could see I could see them getting there. And then the next one, just because I think Ben would like this pick, I'm going to pick VCU as my potential oh, other team. Geez. You never know. They could upset There's an no Iowa. Way. They could get over a Kansas, nah, beat that Oregon team, um, and, and bring it home to the Seagull Center. I don't think that's crazy, to be honest with you. I mean, oh. I mean they have, they have Iowa who Iowa is, you know, they have their defensive issues. So if VCU can manage to put together a decent shooting performance, which they're not the best shooting team, but if they do, potentially they can they can be able to knock out Iowa. And then I'm not, like, super high on Kansas, so there's – but then they have to beat Gonzaga, though. So, like, maybe, maybe just making the Elite Eight would be a surprise. I think that's maybe possible. I don't know. Here's what I'll say. Defense wins championships. VCU has a great defense, okay? They have an awesome mm-hmm. defense. They've been a top 25 defense all year. But I just can't see them getting past a potential Kansas, maybe even a USC or a Gonzaga. I just can't see them getting past, you know, Gonzaga, Kansas, even maybe an Iowa. They're a good team. I'm not, I'm not denying that VCU is a good team. I hate saying it, but they are a good team. They finished second in the uh, Atlantic 10 this year, and they have a great defense. I just can't see them put together – a string of two, three, maybe even four super impressive wins like that to get to the final mm-hmm. four. Yeah, I wish St. Bonaventure was a 10 seed in one of these regions so that I can say St. Bonaventure might be able to make a run, but they play LSU, and then if they get through that, they play Michigan. So it, it's tough with St. Bonaventure's draw, but I do really like that team. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, I mean, I think that really covers it um, as far as this podcast. Obviously, next week, uh, you know, we'll get to talk about some of the games. Uh, the first round starts on Friday this year, not Thursday. So we will cover the, the first round and then we'll have the round of 32 going on uh, after we record uh, next week's episode. So it's going to be fun. I'm really excited. Again, it's like uh, better than Christmas morning to me. So um, I'm psyched. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be a fun, you know, end of the week moving forward to watch this tournament. But thank you all so much for listening today. Of course, please sign up to be a part of our tournament challenge. The link is in the description, and we will be tweeting it. Of course, our Twitter link is also in the description, at the small baller on Twitter. Click that, give us a follow so you know when all of our podcasts go live. Um, of course, tomorrow we have the last episode, the finale of The Bachelor, so the 5 Seconds of Fame podcast with the three of us will come out Tuesday at noon, recapping that final episode. I think Wednesday. Um, and then, of course, go... I think Wednesday on, will on be coming Wednesday. out probably. Wednesday, yes, yeah, yeah, because it's going to be late. So yeah, Wednesday at noon, excuse me. Of course, we'll have the 12th row podcast with Josh and Will going over this past week in soccer, uh, which should come out either Wednesday or Thursday also. Um, but that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons.